Hello everyone, welcome to the Get Savvy Podcast, where we are going to have conversations with fellow business owners about the best ways of elevating and operating your business. We promise you will get better at managing your business with the lessons and advice shared by our guests. Have fun! All right, I'll get started. I'd like to today to the Savitel Get Savvy podcast. <laughs> Myself, <laughs> Troy Thompson and Monica Adwani. We'd like to welcome Kelly Donahue Piro to the show with Agency Performance Partners. Kelly is a super dynamic person that helps agencies with her company learn about processes, metrics, hiring, holding people accountable. She's got all these amazing skills and um, How's it going, Kelly? You know what? It's, it's a beautiful President's Day to be with two friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're not even traveling today, so we get a chance to... Uh, Live in yeah. my natural element, the office that I have that I visit a couple times a month. <laughs> That's How, amazing. Uh, We're so happy to have you here. And thank you for making the time. Of course, of course. How many agencies do you visit a week, a month, a year? So um, I personally have a, a book of 20 agencies that are on a two-year program and I go there every 90 days, but then we have a few other kind of like retainer clients, speaking engagements, carrier commitments. So um, I am one of Delta's most beloved clients. <laughs> Delta's pretty awesome. I, I admire their CEO and uh, when I have to go on other airlines, I have my loyalty so much. I'm always like, oh, I have to go on American. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny it that's got so, so bad that uh during the pandemic the one of the flight attendants for delta actually became my dog walker no <laughs> way yeah wow so, yeah they only work 10 to 13 days a month so they have a lot of downtime wouldn't be a bad life right and you get free travel you get free travel. It's all very condensed right like you're super on but then you're super off like you don't really think about flying when you're at home for two, three weeks out of the month. Mm -hmm. Delta did the nicest thing for me. I was recently in Hawaii and lost a watch in the airplane, smartwatch. So I put through on the Delta lost items thing. They called me like the next day and said, they found my watch. They said, can you come to the airport? And I said, I will. I guess so. And then, but they're actually on a different Island in Hawaii. So I couldn't. Oh. So the lady was like, let me just mail it to you. Put it in a box with a bunch of postcards, a little gift, a handwritten note and mailed it and didn't charge me a penny. Yeah. So awesome. that is pretty awesome for an airline to do that. Um, I lost an item in Miami once and they charged me $50 and it wasn't even my yeah. fault just to mail it back to them. So I'm a big Delta fan myself. It's a, li it's a little thing, it's a little thing. It is the little thing. Yeah. Now I get to send the postcards out to some people. There you go. Yeah, I was pretty surprised when I went to California and I remember tagging you on the post, like, let's see how Delta does. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't fly Delta uh, often or anything like that. And actually, I was pretty surprised they treated me and Veronica very well. And the plane was huge. I've never been in such a big plane before. For some reason, that was one of their biggest planes and it was totally full. Uh, and it was pretty comfortable, very comfortable. Uh, I, 
success yeah my favorite thing was the uh, plug that they have for you to actually plug in your your computer it's like yeah. a real plug under the seat I was like this is yeah. genius mm -hmm. because I run out of charge all the time in my computer and I'm like I'm so happy about this I know <laughs> it, it really really they do a good job I mean I'm at their diamond level and so like they will like leave handwritten note cards on my dip my seat and I've got wow. Delta socks. And so they're very, they're just a very responsive company, which um, I mean, I know I'm in an, an you know, and kind of like not everybody flies, like they drive like I do, but it's nice to know that if I, like, if I ever need something, then they're there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Kelly, let's. I probably did a, bad job introducing you i would like you to briefly talk about what you and your company do and i know you have heath there on board now and yeah just a little overview of your company and how you sure. help agencies well there's seven of us now behind between front seat front end and then behind the scenes the way we like to model the company is i like to think of myself as that i'm elton john i just want to show up and sing at an agency the rest of the behind the scenes work kind of needs to be delegated and like put that. to people who do a better job at some of it than i do but I'm just super passionate that I think this industry has a lot of challenges to it in, in recent times. And we focus specifically on agencies with over 15 team members. So that's when you get the people problems, right? Different personalities, different levels of experience, different technology, you know, premise. And so how can we get all these people rowing in the same direction? So they enjoy their job. The agency is growing. We can have a great customer experience and build a really great culture. And it sounds, you know, like magical, like, oh, unicorns and rainbows will pop up, but it's a lot of hard work. And the difference is it's, it's very different running a five person agency than it is a 15 person agency, than it is a 20 person agency or 30 person agency. And so for many people, especially one of our specialties is that next generation taking over the agency. If you think about it, those, those, those kids have only worked in one place and that's their family business. They don't have the benefit of going to a thousand agencies like I have. And so we're trying to say, hey, let's pull this together and really dive deep into something great so that your kids have an agency and the, their kids have an agency. Mm, create that legacy, right? Absolutely. And it's sometimes as simple things like job descriptions, like incentive plans, goals, you know, just stuff that you know, you don't always think about because you think you're too small, but every agency really should have them. So what you're saying is anybody with under 15 employees doesn't have people problems? Um, I think they have <laughs> different people problems. <laughs> oh, we've well, had... But you guys know what you do. It's so hard to hire today, right? That like the, you know, more and more people are looking at VA companies because you need to level up the work that your licensed agents are doing. You're right. It is definitely challenging to hire. And I can go all the way back 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when I got into insurance, we had five people in the office and had people problems and then six and seven and eight. And still just as it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure there's companies out there, plenty of bigger companies that have better culture than those smaller agencies as well. So, um, but either way, it's beautiful what you're doing to help these, you know, agencies get even better. I think when agencies start to have a lot of challenges, sometimes it's because they're operating from feelings. And so there's a lot of feelings and I feel busy. I feel this way. I feel like the owner doesn't support me. I feel like she hates me. I feel like the producers just jump crappy business on my desk to go quote, you know, and 
I feel like the customers only care about price. Like when agencies start to deteriorate at any size, it's because there, there's a lot of feelings as opposed to facts and no one's coming in and factually resetting the, you know, the, what they should be focused on every day. I was listening to your uh, podcast or your three minute snippet about metrics. Metrics mm-hmm. don't care about your feelings, right? They don't have brains and they don't, they don't, you know, feelings don't have brains. Right. And, and you I, brought I up. People, and I, you know, I, I can feel one way in the morning and feel completely different in the afternoon. So feelings, are, feelings aren't a good way mm. to run anything. You brought up the term feeling busy. And I know you've talked about that in the past and everybody, I hate the term myself because I think it, 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 mm-hmm. it uh, insults the people you're telling how busy you are all the time like we're all we can all basically be busy right but it's how you handle being busy do you mind diving into that term and how you uh, talk yeah. to agencies about it in our agencies it's considered a swear word so it's like you drop the f-bomb if you use the b-word um mm-hmm. so much goes into this like you start the day oh you know monica oh, today's such a busy day Versus I'm going to have a productive day today. It changes your whole mindset. And here's, here's the other thing about the B word, right? Like it's job security. It's a blessing. We have customers that want to work with us. When you walk around telling your owner how busy you are all day, you're saying you have a grievance on the day. What it sounds to me like is leadership doesn't care how busy I am. The ownership doesn't care. It's just a sweatshop here. It's a busy day. But then you unpeel the onion and you start scuba diving through what's going on. And yeah, well, you know what? They've rewritten somebody for the fourth time this year. You know, they they are reinstating some of the payment issues. They're going ahead and they're, you know, you've got a rewrite for potentially like a $7,000 personal lines package that they bumped off three times because somebody's thinking about buying four 20-year-old vehicles and can't decide which one and they want to pay from every single one of them. And so, <laughs> yeah, you are busy and you're busy doing the exact wrong things as opposed to what should I be focused on today? And I don't, yeah. I can't blame the frontline staff hundred percent. Cause I see a lot of agencies just don't have that infrastructure of what, how do you make decisions? Are you tiering your clients? You know, are they separating sales and service? You don't have to compete between new business and, and re, you know, retaining customers. And so I can't say it's hundred percent their fault, but we have to also realize that a lot of account managers and frontline staff, they want to be told what to do. They don't want to build the plan themselves. They're, you know, they're task people. Like, tell me the task and I will go accomplish it. And so leadership right. kind of has to come in and, and implement that plan. And it's also about expectations, right? Like a lot of the agencies that, you know, have been in business for a very, very long time, people don't have clear expectations because they just being reactive and just all the time, they just reactive and I like the term that you use all the time to tell them you got to eat the frog right like you have to eat the frog I think one of the best things that we can teach them is to actually organize their day either before they leave the 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 day before or that morning to prioritize and to make sure that they have expectations with themselves on like if I have accomplished these four things today, I've won, right? Like regardless of how busy I've been. So I think there is a lot in there that we can we can talk about because it's it's a matter of are you working efficiently enough? You know, are you handling this task efficiently enough? And do you have the preparation to handle these tasks efficiently enough? And then if if that was the case, 
yes, we're all busy, but that wouldn't be a problem, right? Like it, it's all about setting that expectations and having the right, the right mindset. How do you deal with, um, I've seen you in action many times, but I'm going to ask, you know, um, how do you handle an agency that is reluctant to listen to that change or to that feedback that can really help them? Yeah, it, I mean, it's delicate, right? So the first thing is leadership has to be bought in. So if the agency owner's like, well, we'll try this, it's pretty much not gonna work, I can tell you that. Because there's always what we call the queen bee on the team. So the queen bee is been in the business forever, been with this agency for a long time, likes to tell the owner how it's gonna be. And what happens with the queen bee is if they don't like something. Filters down. Well, the, you know, like the, the, the rest of the team will see the eye roll and the eye roll gives them permission to not do it. Yes. And they'll be on the phone with the owner. Like, can you believe that they want this and this is impossible and we've got other things to do. And so now you have dissension and you don't have buy-in. So the first step is the ownership has to be completely bought in and not feel mm -hmm. like they're negotiating with terrorists. So if you're an agency owner out there and you're hearing this and you feel like you're negotiating with terrorists, which are your team, you know, if you can't, to Jason Cass has got a great statement, which is, if you can't change your people, change your people. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it might be time to release them. And then you also have to be thinking to yourself of like, how much power does one person have on the team? You're not really a team if somebody's eye roll can influence everybody. So mm -hmm. we like to kind of go in and say like, what is the infrastructure culturally here that we're walking into? Because otherwise, Agencies will spend a lot of money and everything I tell them is a recommendation as opposed to a requirement. Right. And right. we like to say, like, if you want it to really work, it's got to be a requirement. Like you can, you can, and I don't, I don't say that, like, there will be some people who take what we say and do it and be like, this is great. But then there'll be the other half of the people who will just sit in their ways, be backlogged on tasks, be grumpy. And the bottom line is they don't want solutions. And they're still mm -hmm. paying you money, but they just don't want to change still. I think it's a combination of things, right? Like it's um, sometimes it's multiple partners. And so they all have, they're not on the same page. Sometimes it's like, Hey, I just wanted to give them the strategies. They can do what they want with them. Like, okay. It's, I, I like to dive in and like really punch implement. Them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, I'm always just, I'm also okay. Just saying, I'm going to have some blunt conversations of, you know, like take time blocking, right? Oh, time blocking didn't work. Why? I forgot to take it. Well, then it didn't not work. You you forgot to use it, you know. Yeah. So it I don't know. It's um I find that the agency ownership has to be very clear on their vision for what they want the agency to be and their values. Mm -hmm. And if they're clear on those, then they can hold people accountable to it. If there's no vision and there's no values, then like if somebody's not on board with my vision, it's time for them to go because I'm going in this direction with or without the people I'm paying. Yeah. So now we with the you know if if there is a people problem internally and now you combine that with not having enough an enough pool mm -hmm. of people to grab from what are you seeing are the challenges with like having to hire fire retain oh yeah <laughs> sorry uh, bomb bomb drop <laughs> no you know, I, and I have a lot of these conversations and they're usually like at eight o'clock at night or on a weekend because the agency owners yeah. then like, you know, unwinding their brain and they can speak openly. I mean, 
I recommend every agency have that vision and values because if somebody is violating your values and you've addressed it and they still do it, they're a terrorist in your organization. It doesn't matter how short staffed you are. Like mm-hmm. they're working against you. You're you're gonna end up working, you're gonna end up doing their job and pissing off the good people. So right. once you have those clear, you you gotta move forward. And then the next thing is I think now is a great time, and this is why you're so valuable in this industry, is to reinvent all these roles and responsibilities. If you have a license today, you have to be on growth mode, right? And you can grow an agency eight different ways. It's not just new business. We get real tripped up in new business. You can't sell one to lose one, okay? So growth mode has to be really looking at these eight ways that you can grow. And so re-identifying, what can we take off people's plates? What processes are broken? Do we have processes? Because most agencies yeah. don't, or they, they do, they're, they're outdated and no one's like truly using them. And so right. you should start questioning everything in your organization and then identify one, what personality do you really need in each role? Do you have some other things you could be working on? And can you offset either through carrier service centers or through virtual assistants or mm-hmm. through unlicensed people that we can get in and get trained up? What do we mm-hmm. really need versus everything's the way we've done it forever. Great. Right. Great point, Kelly. Did you mention there's eight ways to grow? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you mind sharing those with us? Sure. So um, new business is obviously one. Mm-hmm. Cross-selling we put separately because cross-selling impacts your retention and your new business at the same time. Um, coverage increases while they grow small. I think it's the best time because we're not talking about price. We're talking about the good stuff, which is coverage. We have retention. We have firing the bottom five to 10% of your customers that are eating up all mm. your time. You know, that bumps your morale. That's going to bump you to have more time with everybody else. It's also where you're placing business. People don't love to talk about this, but you yeah. should be hearing your your carriers. And there's a big difference between a progressive policy and another policy where you could be making 33% more. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, the next, so I think that was either six, um, the next budgeting. (laughs) So, you know, like you can grow through budgeting by being diligent on your expenses or look at what you're currently paying. How many agencies have a tech stack that's barely being used? Many, (laughs) many, (laughs) right? It's like, here's a tech stack that we're just not going to, we're not going to really engage with. Um, And I do think that you can grow through remarketing if you're careful to put them with the right company. Um, and, and use that as a strategy of like, here's our book with our lowest. Could we, if we got proactive, reshop them to a higher tier, but also cross sell at the same point in time. So mm. we're constantly looking at those eight ways and there's some that are easier than others, but so many agencies focus on new business, new business, new business. I would love you to go into the firing the bottom five to 10%, because that seems sometimes easier said than done. And how do you do it? That would be yeah. uh, fascinating. It is. I mean, first of all, there's there, I'll give you two ways. One way I think is hysterical, but I'm not convinced it's going to work everywhere. So there's an agency I've worked with in New York where every January, the agency owner says, you know, you can each fire X amount of customers from your book. And these women, they're all women go out for margaritas. And it's like the NCAA brackets pop up and they are wasted by the end of the night and they have like swapped and we're going to do this one. And like literally, and the agency owner takes the list. He can decline if it's like the largest client. Usually they're pretty cool about it. And the agency owner calls them all the next day and just says, Hey, at renewal, we think it's best you find another agency. 
and he does it for them and that's the end of it. Um, it's really a good morale booster for the team to say, if they're torturing you and they're just not a good fit, you're empowered to have that conversation. Like you don't just have to put up it. Um, and you know, you, you grow too, right. For if you're not, you have that much more time to put into the good business. And we know who these people are, right? They're lying to us. There's constantly a thing. There's this, you're rearranging. You got to beg the underwriter for exceptions. Yeah, they forget to pay the bill all the time. And they're, it's always <laughs> your fault, right? Like they have done nothing wrong. And so it's like, it's like the definition of gaslighting, right? If you're getting gaslit by your clients, this is probably not the, exactly. the best. And then, you know, the other way is through, through, if you're pretty handy in Excel, you can export your book of business and export an activity report. And just find out the revenue per client and who you're spending your most time with, right? So the number of activities versus revenue, it's a little Excel mm -hmm. macro, but, you know, so you got to be a little handy on that front, but I Excel think- Excel don't care about your feelings, right? Excel don't care about them. <laughs> like we did, this, we did this with an agency we just onboarded on our two-year program. And I was like, Kevin, like your, your top activities of all of 2022 was in a prospect you didn't win. Wow. <laughs> like- like it was a third higher than his biggest, like the next client in line. I was like, so for three months, you pushed everything else aside in the whole commercial lines department to quote this one piece of business that you didn't win. And he's like, you know what the funny thing is? He's like, it wasn't even that much revenue. <laughs> I was like, right. Crazy. Need, but, you know, I mean, I could talk for hours, as I'm sure you guys could too. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that'll kill the independent agency is the access to bad technology. Like, this should be something that is coming to us and we shouldn't have to know Excel macros to get that information to make intelligent business decisions. But all the yeah. management systems are designed for me to run my policies, not for a business management. So do you recommend technologies to your, the agencies you consult with? Some kind of, but not Honestly, like, I don't really love getting into that game. I mean, I can mm -hmm. say, I think for your agency, based on what you have, here's something to think about. But if mm -hmm. I could be just a little crude, if that's all right, I, I say picking insurance technology is the picking the tallest midget. There's, there's <laughs> not, it, there's no magic bullet here. Mm -hmm. There's not one that's blowing everyone's socks off. So you're ending up having, a, you know, a very, whoever you're going to pick, you're going to pick, but you better put someone on knowing the ins and outs of that system and learning and maximizing every feature of it. And not just only using the top 25% of it to do an auto ID card or a certificate. Right. 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 And I think adaptability is extremely important. I mean, honestly, we've talked to agencies all over, all over the country. And, you know, like you said, there's some that don't even have a CRM. Like, I was like, how do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> You've been in business for 25 years. Why? There's like 3,500 <laughs> agencies out there that are still ordering paper files from Rough Notes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. And it's, uh, I, I, and I, I think so both ways. I think it's admirable because one way, you know, it has worked for them for a very long time. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes you're even curious, like how you do it and you still profitable and you still like in business and it's great yeah and on the other hand is sustainability right like how long when how much longer can you sustain that so from from your visits and out there what would you say is the biggest uh, learning curve that most agencies have 
I actually think that for the ownership, it's running your agency like a business. So mm. I'm kind of always a little bit surprised how sometimes, it, like you to your point, they've been in business for 20 years and they're running it from their PL. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I made money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's great. You know, but like well, there's a lot of agencies out there that don't look at their PL too, right? So it's good to, to, to mm-hmm. know the numbers. And even like, I, you know, I, I don't know if you know Carrie Wallace, but she has a company that just says agency valuations. She's, she's phenomenal. And it's like, you know, if you're looking at this asset, it's like, okay, I need to grow producers and I need to look at my retention and I need to be, you know, organizing on all of these things. Um, but I, I oftentimes I think have a soft place in my heart because they don't teach anyone that stuff anywhere. Right. So mm-hmm. And this is why I probably get kind of fired up about technology of the idea that in order to really get your reports done right, when agencies go through a two-year program, I warn them up front. I'm like, your reports will be wrong and it will take six months to get them for you to feel comfortable looking at them. And that's six months of us meeting with them every week. Wow. Mm, wow. Well, the download jacks a bunch of stuff up. Right. They have dirty yeah. data that's got to be in there. So how do you get the, da- the data accurate? Because we use easy links and... Mm-hmm. A lot of times people say that's not accurate. I'm always curious how on the pulse report, they get the retention number. It's like this number. And I always want to be like, so how do you get it? And they're like, well, it's your retention rate. I'm like, there's got to be a math behind it. Exactly. (laughs) And it's personal and commercial mixed together. And, you know, a lot of it is just transparency. Like, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but people are using the system for their personal clients. They're not using it for anything else. So when you don't see at a greater level of how like recoding a cancellation impacts your retention report, you don't know. You just think it's canceled by the, the download did it and I know what's going on. So what difference does that make? And we're trying to get people to evolve. So it's a lot of like just looking at the data, getting it right, cleaning out old account managers and producers that shouldn't be on policies anymore because they're not there. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. Getting the revenues right inside of the management system. So the carrier should be downloading revenue and you should be able to run things that way. But if it's not, we had one agency where they had a stack of commercial policies that needed to be renewed and they were 45 days old. They hadn't well, touched if you, them. If you, if you run your book of business, um, you're going to look like you don't have commercial for 45 days because they're all expired policies in your system. Yeah. True. Yeah. So it's just, it's dirty, right? And that's why it takes six months. It's like, you're going to find one problem and then the next little problem pops up and then... And you're able yeah. to fix that for agencies, Kelly? We're able to work through it with them. I mean, we we have a tool that analyzes their data and shows them to them visually so that it's not. And then when you start showing it to the team, like, you know, and I'm sure Monica's dealt with this too in agencies, you start showing the data to the team, they are more motivated mm-hmm. to fix mm-hmm. it because they don't want to be on a leaderboard where they're the most overdue in the office or the least seller. When they see that they're the least, they get a little fired up to make it right. Is that tool Donna? No, we use a third party called Databox. So I have a whole virtual assistant that takes the data from management systems, processes it, and puts it into visual format. Yeah. Yeah. And we do, we have had requests for people, agency owners that just hate that, that task. They just hate that task. And it's like, I just need someone to handle, you know, the, the downloads to handle that download my data to input the manual, you know, uh, renewals and whatnot and it it's a whole full-time job like it, it is a whole full-time job because if you don't keep it up to date and you don't teach the team 
how to do it on a daily basis so you don't get you know caught up on 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 that mess of running it once a month then it's it it becomes a full-time job and it's ridiculous right like it shouldn't be it should mm-hmm. be our technology, like insurance technology me is 15 years old. Like technology today does cool things. We just yeah. can't figure out how to do cool things inside of our systems just yet. It just yeah. shouldn't be this hard and it shouldn't be this labor intensive, but that's why it's such a blessing to have people like you here where it's like, you don't have to have a $45,000 team member do this, right? Like right. you can have it and have them be behind the scenes so that the $45,000 team member can be cross-selling your accounts. Right. Absolutely. Generate more revenue. That's so Kelly, music to my ears. <laughs> you have met with thousands of agencies and you probably know like some key things that will impress you about an agency and that are very unimpressive as well. Like um, within about an hour of walking into an agency, like what are some of the questions you would ask to determine if they have their stuff together or if they need a ton of help? Well, I say this because you don't usually call me because your stuff's together. Okay. <laughs> um, but your your stuff is enough together to know that you need help before you're in total denial and and okay. no different. But no, I mean, you know, I can actually tell pretty quickly. It, a lot of times for me, it's an on like it's leadership engagement, right? Like a strong leader at the top. And that doesn't always to be the owner, right? The owner can be buying agencies and doing other things, but like a strong operations person, somebody who's got their whole, their core pulse on that agency is usually where we see the most opportunity. When everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off and everything else, that's when you know you've got a lot of work to do and that we're probably gonna have to find a strong operations person to come in. And we've actually seen a lot of times this doesn't have to be an insurance person. It's nice when it can be, but you know, somebody that can question processes and look at numbers and say, well, why, why did we do this today? You know, and honestly, I think that as you get to the 15, 20 person team mark, like your people are your biggest expense and they're not having coaching meetings and they're not having, you know, annual reviews or quarterly reviews. So once you start getting people, there needs to be management and leadership so that you're managing your biggest line item expense on your P&L. And a lot of times it's just like, everyone's just go do, do your thing, do your thing. Come to me when there's a problem. And kind of Monica said that they're putting out fires all day, but that's the agency was built like that for design. True. So that's where we come into play. So that's, uh, that's phenomenal stuff, Kelly. How can people find you? How can they work with you? Uh, Delta Sky Club lounges, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to Rhode Island. I'm not here that much. Um, no, you can go to agencyperformancepartners.com and um, you can find us on all our social media channels. To, to Troy's point, we do a, vi- a video every day just of just a tip or trick. And, you know, my goal, my... My real heart, if I, you know, can say it is I, for me, there's a lot of females in this industry and I say women power insurance, they're not, they don't have an equal share of owning agencies just yet, but 
when I look at that, like I want every, every female out there to know that their day doesn't have to be terrible, that they can run their day, that they can have a successful career, that they can put their kids through soccer camp. If they can get a little out of their comfort zone with cross-selling and upselling and that they have the power to not just be transactions, but to actually help people every single day. And when your clients say, thank you. And when you do get that person on EFT. And when you do get that cross on, you get better and better and better because you're trying, you're not staying so safe. That's when I get the real joy out of what I do every day. And then if they're not an owner, let's say they're a, you know, a CSR account manager, do they get the credit from the, the owner, you know, to make more money? Do you help implement that, that yeah. as well on the agencies? Well, and we also say this goes into the metrics thing, right? So if I go off and sell an umbrella policy, I go out of my comfort zone, you might not see that on a new business report for six weeks. And guess what? It's going to get lumped in with all the other stuff. And then you might pay me 25% commission on it. And 25% (laughs) by the time tag, like I never get any kudos or recognition. Um, and so we focus heavily on not just like sales, but also account managers because they're heavily recognition um, motivated. So when there's recognition, that's what wins. Okay. So it's not just the money, it's putting them up on a pedestal and congratulating them. Yeah. For and and you know, like, done. like we even go into it, you know, and let's give away all of our secret sauce, but you got me chatty today. Um, we even <laughs> talk about the culture of, you know, a lot of the account managers are doing it for their kids, like their family comes first. So why not have gift cards when your kid makes the honor roll, take them out to dinner. Hey, why don't you leave today? Go grab your kid, go take them out to dinner. Or when your kid's in the little league championship, everyone wear yellow because so-and-so is in the little league championship and, you know, send pizzas. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do. It's your kid's dance recital, right? Like tap them on the shoulder at three and say, go home, go be, go get your kid ready for the dance recital. You know, those are the things that are going to get you equity and loyalty in the long run. Mm, That is gold right there. It is so true. Money, money, money is important, but I think how, how you treat people and how you appreciate them, it's what actually brings the value. You know, it's like that, that saying out there, you know, people, people will, what is it? What is it? People will forget will, people will never forget how you make them feel. Right. Yeah. Like that's, I know it's something in front of that. I just don't remember right now, but it is so true. Like people, will react to how they are treated when you treat them well they will they will be all in for you no matter what yeah i think that's a good testament of troy's team at you know pinnacle insurance like they they work weekends they don't have to but they are like so dedicated so that it is it is almost sometimes i'm a little envious because like they are so like committed to what yeah. they do and it's just because they they are truly a family a description of a family Excellent. and it's it's pretty amazing well and i think too like you t- i mean i think we should really talk about what fair pay is too um yes because, let's talk about that yeah i i you know people you know like we talk about all oh, the girls or the CSRs, or, you know, call the girl, like, well, no, they're licensed agents. And in, especially in personal lines, there, there are no real producers anymore. There's some, but not, you know, like for the most part, if they're selling it, they're leaving it at the end. They have to keep the next new business in line. They're not really handling it. 
these are licensed agents managing hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're doing it right of your commissions. And we've cut out the personal lines producers. We've cut out yellow page ads at $10,000 a month, but the pay really hasn't kept up to speed completely. And it's not just processing paperwork anymore. We're not just talking about like, oh, I did a change. You're, you're paying sometimes these people for transactions, but you're asking them to be licensed salespeople agents, right? And so I think that that's why we're so passionate about virtual assistants. We have three on our team of it allows the higher end people, allows me to pay more to the higher end people and take the other things off. That honestly is American, like we're not really good at the detailed repetitive work because the phone's ringing and this is happening. I can push that stuff off and get somebody to crush a sack of tasks and pay someone here more to grow with those eight ways we talked about. I'm in it all day long. I agree with you 100%. And that's um, what I like to, there on our group IAOA, somebody said, I had this meeting with my team member and I was going to give them a raise, but they said they, you know, they, they'd rather have like every other Friday off, which was good. But I, I chimed in and said, you should probably give them a raise too, because especially now with inflation, yeah. they're, they're taking a pay cut this year. So all of our carriers are going to be taking rate hikes, which means we're going to be making more money too. So we certainly should let that trickle down to our team because everything's 30% higher than it was a year or two ago. Right. And, and you know, you have to really look at the job description. What are you asking them to do? <laughs> right. You know, it is much different if it's process of change than it is cross sell and reshop accounts and get proactive. Like you're really more yeah. of an account executive than a CSR at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. No, and I think I think it is important to recognize too that we probably in this industry don't give raises as much as other industries as well. So we were recording a podcast the other day where he said, don't chase a shiny object yourself, but that's what people is always doing. They're always chasing that shiny object that it's always going to, to be beneficial to them. So keeping up definitely is um, important when it comes to, you know, salaries and, you know, bonus pay and, and whatnot. So I always recommend everyone to take a look at that every year, no matter what. Yeah, and our um, recommendation is everybody has what's called a growth bonus, which is every quarter, it, like you take the book of business snapshot on January 1st and you distribute 10% of the growth of revenue at the end of the quarter. So I'll just use real basic numbers. If you were at $100,000 revenue on January 1 and March 31st, you were at 110, you take $1,000 and distribute it because that helps us all go into all the eight ways people make money. They're thinking, should I place this with progressive or should I place this with so-and-so? You know, right. should I fight harder on this cancellation to save it? Um, right. And that allows everybody in the whole agency to participate in a bonus program, not just new business, new business, new business. Including yeah. the producers? Do they, they, so we usually take out the producers just because yeah. they have their own commission strategy. Absolutely. Um, right. But we want the team promoting those producers because it does help their, the new business would help their mm -hmm. members potentially, right? So sometimes producers and account managers have their ultimate fight because depending on who's quoting it, you know, where, <laughs> where, where the line in the sand is. You can either take it in or take it out, but we do think that we want to keep everybody loving on each other as much as possible. 
Yeah. I'm going to steal that from me, Kelly. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, we usually do it every week, right? Like I like to chart every week. People get real mad when the book drops every week. It's like, well, did you renew this policy? Did, did this, this person cancel, but like another one coming in and they start like, you start hearing really good conversation. They're picking up the phone when someone wants to cancel and like, Hey, let's, <laughs> how do we keep They're looking you, at right? that download? So-and-so canceled. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they, no, they're not. All of a sudden, people start cross-selling. It's amazing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. This was such an an amazing powerhouse conversation. So many um, interesting facts and so many interesting topics here. And I cannot, I cannot wait to see, you know, how you continue to, you know, help the industry forward, especially with women. We have that in common. You know, we want, you know, we want women in this industry to feel more confident, grow, you know, become agency owners and whatnot. Um, but I think the work that you do is extremely important. You've been doing it for a little while and, you know, we admire you. So we hope that, you know, we can continue to learn from you and, and, and support you in any way that we can. Well, and if I can just give your listeners a few tips, because um, I, I have this thing about when agencies use VAs, I, I give them the Ooh. three tips of like, yes. I say the first thing is in your agency, the VA will be called by their name. They will not be called the VA. Right. Right. You know, like, so if depending on how your setup is, some agencies, it's just, they send it to a company, but if you have a dedicated resource, that's it. They mm-hmm. should be on your team meetings. They're not just over, you mm-hmm. know, they're part of your team. And I also say get chat up because if you can directly chat and they can chime in, it does make a big difference. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Gifts, Thank gifts you. Are clutch, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, because like RVAs are members of our team, you know, like they yeah. get Christmas gifts and I mean, it's just, they're people, they just happen to be in a different country, <laughs> you know? I, yeah. said, I said gifts, because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the great, you know, but it you're is. right, gifts too, for sure. Well, they all like, their gift game is better than mine, I'm not I know. Like their gift game is on point. I'm always like, man, how'd they find that? It's so great. <laughs> and then, you know, they're laughing five, 10,000 miles across the world. And, you know, you're connecting on yeah. something funny. And yeah. well, it's uh, funny because our, one of our VAs, her daughter loves watching our three minute videos. And so <laughs> it's like, she's slowly the one of the people who watch, she's like, she's like, can we watch Kelly's video today? She's like eight, you know, her what? I'm like, I don't know. We might have a budding insurance agency over there. So we'll see. <laughs> How'd you get so good on video, Kelly? <laughs> By doing it so bad for so long. <laughs> just do it right like nike i never watch my videos to be completely honest with you so like if i have like spinach in my teeth or something like it just it's it's over so yeah i uh i i don't i never watch them me either i get way too critical it's like it is what it is right i'm putting it out there you can yeah or i'm like well that was not my finest <laughs> oh that's awesome well thank you guys for being here this was an amazing conversation um i cannot wait to release this to the world and kelly again thank you so much for being here and taking from your time 